Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. The average person takes about 10,000 steps a day. Average. Some of you are like, I don't know about that, right? But the average person takes about 10,000 steps a day. Now add that up over a lifetime. Go ahead and do that. No, just kidding. If you add all that up over a lifetime, it's, it's around four trips around the earth, okay? Now, some of those steps, check this out, some of those are really important steps. Some of them are not so much. Some of them are as simple as walking to the mailbox, right? Trying to find the remote. Come on, guys, where are you at? The remote is supposed to make it easy to just change channels, but it defeats the purpose if you have to get up and go find it. Okay? Is that just me or am I? Okay. Maybe just to go, maybe it's to walk down the aisle, right? Walk down the aisle on your wedding day. Maybe, maybe it's to do a, a bunch of, of different things. Some steps are to get healthy, whether that's walking on a, on a treadmill or walking away from toxic things or toxic people. Sometimes it's to get healthy. There's a million different steps that we take in this life, but some of those steps just might impact eternity. In fact, that's the goal. That's what I hope uh, would be all of our heart is that we would use our steps to impact people's lives for Jesus. What if one of those steps, let's put it just really personal and practical for you. What if one of those steps that you take this very week coming up, what if one of those steps would actually help introduce Jesus to someone? What if one of those steps was a step to say, hey, can I pray with you today? Is there anything in your life? That I can pray. What if one of those steps is to help someone in need, whether monetarily with, with just say, hey, you know, I feel like I was supposed to give you this. Hey, hey, um, you know, I just I just wanted to bless you. Here's some cookies, and, and I just wanted to check on you and see how you were doing. What, what if one of those steps was to impact someone's life? What if one of those steps was to say, hey, I have been praying for you. Would you like to come to church? Or hey, better yet, hey, I'm praying for you, and I know that God has a plan for your life. Would you like to accept Jesus today? What if the steps we are taking are impacting eternity? Because eternity is very real, one way or the other. There is a real heaven, and there's also a very real hell. What if what we are doing with our lives and the steps we are taking and the talents that we have and the resources we have, what if we are using that to change people's lives to change their future. Many of you in this room, you have said yes to Jesus at some point in your life. Many of you in this room, you were invited to come to church. Maybe some of you are in the room today, you were invited to come to church today. And when you said yes, it was a life changer, right? When you said yes to Jesus, it was a life changer. You experienced the love and the hope and the peace and and, and, and all that is found in him. When you said yes to Jesus, there was a moment where you were going down one particular way. And it wasn't a good way, if we're honest. Many of us in the room, okay? And you had that moment with Jesus. Was that moment in your life where you crossed paths with the one that changed it all. And didn't just change your life, but it changed the trajectory of your life, your kids' life, their kids' life. There's a ripple effect that happens when we accept Christ into our life. There's a ripple effect that happens when you 
Use your steps to impact the world around you for the kingdom of God. You don't know how you can change someone's life if you would simply just say, hey, can I pray with you? Hey, I believe that in God, this is what he's done in my life. This is who he is. What if you shared your story? What if, we, what if we really blessed our neighbors instead of running away from them all the time, right? But what if instead of running away from that homeless person in the parking lot, because you know, like, you can see it, right? And they go, oh, man, we get caught quick, kids, come on. What if instead of running away from people, we used our steps to share the love of Jesus? That same love that has come in and rescued you, that same love that has changed your life. Can we do that, church? Come on, it's time to rise up, church, and reach out to the world around us because some of those steps just might impact eternity. We've been in a series called Rise Up if you haven't been with us. Uh, the first week we talked about rise up and go all in. Listen, the church, uh, the world needs a church that is all in. Right? They don't need some fake church. They don't want you playing religion. They need you all in. Last week we talked about go all um, to do rise up and, and pray. Pray because life depends on it. And today we're talking about uh, reach out. This is really one of the most important things that we can do as Christians. It's to reach out to those around us. It's to evangelize and, and to share the gospel with people. No task is, is of greater importance here in the church. We should be reaching people. Like we, we should be reaching. We should see people come and get saved and set free and filled with the Holy. We should be seeing that regularly. It should bother us if we aren't seeing that. It should bother you if you're not seeing that in your own personal life. Think about that for just a moment. When's the last time that you led someone to Christ? Don't have to answer that. Think about that for a minute. When was the last time that you really led someone to Jesus? Most Christians would agree that God expects them to engage in evangelism and to reach out to other people. But only a small percentage actually do anything about it. But if you are a Christian, no matter what your spiritual gift might be, you are called. You are called. Listen, if, if Jesus has come into your life, if you've accepted him into your life, you are called to reach out to others. That's not my job. That's not the staff here. Uh, it's, not there. it's not our board member's job. That is all of our job. We are called to be the church. It's not one person because I can only do so much. It's all of us. You know, Jesus told the disciples, listen, you're going to do greater things. It's not because we would have greater power. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the grave that lives in us now. It's not because we have greater power. It's because if we all do our part and we are all the church, we can reach more. We are all called. You are all called to be ministers for the gospel. So no matter what your spiritual gift is, you are called and you are equipped. The Holy Spirit will equip you. The Holy Spirit will speak through you and will use you and you are expected to share the gospel with others. No exceptions. But we come up with so many excuses. A lot of us go in and we got a lot of butts, don't we? Some of us got some big butts too. And you can decipher that however you want. We got some big butts and they get in our way. So many times we make up all these excuses. I don't know what to say. Yes, you do. You know exactly what to say. You want to know why? Because you have lived it. There's some of you in this room, you've lived hurt. So you can relate to that. Some of you have lived disappointed and addicted. Some of you have lived scared. 
broke and hungry. So you can speak to that. You know what it's like when Jesus came in. Come on, somebody. But God came in and he changed everything in your life. Why would we hold that inside of us? Why would we hold on to the hope that this world so desperately needs? Why would we hold on to his amazing love and grace and not extend that to everybody that we possibly can? Come on, you, you have lived those things, so share your story. Share the goodness of God. I'm not expecting you to be a theologian, even though in this world that we live in today, there's, we need some people that, that know, that they, know why they believe what they believe. But share his love, his grace, and his mercy. So rise up, church. Can we do that? Rise up, reach out. Because the world needs to see Jesus in you. You might be the only Jesus that some people get to see in this life. So come on, rise up, church. Come on, y'all. Y'all say something this morning. I don't know if you're sleeping or what you're doing. Maybe you're processing. I don't know. This is not a message, though. This is not going to be a message about technique, right? I'm not going to teach you how to use the little track, you know, the little things we used to do back in the day. When I was a teenager, we would always... I did this outreach out in Tampa at the stadium because they would always do the Outback Bowl there. And, and so we would always go, and, which is very terrifying for a teenager to go out and mix, because there are drunk people out there, they're hyped up on Mountain Dew and all kind of other stuff, ready to cheer on their team and their faces are painted, and, and we're supposed to go out there with this track and say, hey, Jesus loves you, you know, and it's going be intimidating. But I'm not, I'm not talking about tracks. I'm not, talking about that. I'm not talking about starting a bus ministry, even though I would love to do that because that man, let's go get them, right? You know what I'm saying? But if we're going to do that, uh, I'm just going to be real honest. We could use a new van to do that. Old Rusty has, uh, he has served his purpose well out there, but, but we, we could do when you, y'all, y'all, we need a new van, right? They, they're the ones that use it probably the most, and Miss Irma, when she does our food and stuff. So if anybody's feeling super generous today, right? Or, or if you know somebody can hook us up with a good deal or free, uh, I'm just we love to do that one day. And if anybody wants to volunteer, hey, I'll drive the butt. You got to be good with kids and you can't have a weird background. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I'm, that's just the, I'm just dripping that out there. I'm just, I'm just giving you the dream, okay? Pray about that. I want to start a bus ministry. Not yet. Love to do that. We're not going to give you the little green Bibles on the way out the door today, right? We're not going to do that. I'm not going to become a TV evangelist, right? Because most of them have weird hair. I don't have any hair, right? I don't, I don't say God with like three syllables, you know, and go, no. I, I don't do that. That's weird. Like, I'm sitting in a boat. Anyway, I'm going to stop. Please forgive me. Y'all know what I'm talking about, though. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I just simply want you to get this. I want you to get it in your heart. I want to plant this seed because it's all of our job to reach out to the people around us. And if we all do our part, if we all... Not just come to church, but be the church. What a difference we can make in this world. Everybody likes to complain about the world on Facebook. We like to post all our little posts and we'll complain about it all day. But will anybody do something about it? Because it's time. It's past time for us to rise up. Church. Turn to Luke chapter 5. Starting in verse 1. Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. While you're turning there, man, I, I, I love the fish, right? Anybody like the fish? Right? I love the fish. I don't get to do it as often as I used to, but I used to have a boat. We would go out every weekend. That was pre-kids. Uh, pre-kids, pre-house. Before we bought our house, I sold it. I, I, I gave it up. So we have our house. I guess that's an investment. But one day, one day, maybe another. But when I used to have a boat, we used to go, 
um, all the time. Uh, we got some different guys in the, in the church that like to hear this, Ted. This, this joker right here, he texted me that picture. This was months ago. And he's like, hey, man, look at that. I'm like, oh, thanks, bud. We um, all snuck there in Inglewood. I believe they're there uh, this week as well. Yeah, that's nice. I, I, there's a couple more. Sorry, guys. I, I stopped Facebook for some of you. Caesar, out there catching that nice red snapper. Good job. That was nice. I had to throw one of mine in there. This is an old one, but I had to throw this redfish uh, in there. And I think we got one more. Uh, another joker, uh, Roger, sent me this text. And I'm sure there's an appropriate joke about size somewhere in all this that I'm just going to leave uh, there out of the way. But uh, you should be <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and we got some fishes in the room. I love the fish when I, I get the chance. But man, Jesus, Jesus has a couple fish stories throughout the Bible. If you ever read that, you ever read into that. He's got a couple different fish stories. And, and, and I love this particular story um, right here. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start uh, in verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake. Of just Gen- uh, I can't say the word Genesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, also later on we know him as Peter. He asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they had closed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats. So they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John and sons of Zebedee. Who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Jesus. Jesus, I pray, God, that we get this word because this has been your heart from the beginning. You came to seek and save the lost, and you do that through us. God, we cannot be silent on this. We cannot come with it. any more excuses because none of them are good. May this penetrate our hearts. May your Holy Spirit reveal and stir within us such a desire to reach those around us. God, give us a heart for the lost. Give us a heart for people. So that we can reach this world. The harvest is is so ready and so ripe with everything that's going on. Lord, give us a heart. Break our heart for what breaks yours, Lord. Stir us up today in Jesus' name. Amen. Rise up, reach out. The world needs to see Jesus in you and through you. Pastor Bill Hybels, he's quoted as saying this, Are you going to throw your one and only life into pursuing small fish, or will you risk tossing your nets out there in anticipation of catching the human-sized ones? I love that quote. Because we can get caught up in this life doing a bunch of things that we desire, or doing a bunch of things that we think are good, but sometimes good things aren't God things. I want to be got, caught, um, caught up doing the things that God wants me to do. Things that are going to impact eternity. Things that are going to impact the kingdom of 
God. Amen. Let's be fishers of men. Now, when, when I did go fishing, I grew up freshwater fishing. But I really love saltwater fishing. And so when we would go out, we'd always catch our, our own bait. Okay? So I, I've got my bait net here for you. I haven't used this in a while. Okay? Uh, it, it's been a minute. Uh, but I'm thankful it's been a minute because this would be really stinking. So it's, it's not, it's a little stale, but it's, it's, it's okay. Um, because it can get a little stinky. And normally what we would do, you get on the front of the boat, right, Caesar? Uh, maybe have a little bit of chum with you, okay? And, and what that really is, is, is a can of Jack Mackerel and some, uh, some cornmeal. Some people do it differently. Everybody's got a lot of trick with tray, but that's how I learned to do it. So some Jack Mackerel, which is really like a can of kind of like sardines or something like that. It's just kind of mushed up. you got different fish parts in there. You might have an eyeball or two, but, but it's all mixed up and it's all juicy and smelly. Oh, you're blowing your nose, okay? Uh, really stinky, really smelly. You put it in a little container. Mix your cornmeal in it really good and then put some water in there. And it smells amazing, right? And you start throwing clumps out and once you find a nice spot in the grass flats, you start throwing, uh, throwing some spots that you want to try to chum and, and gather all the bait together so it makes it easier. It's not always that easy though. Sometimes you got to follow around the school where you see them. The best way to see them is when they start looking like raindrops on the water. You'll start seeing them. Schools will wake up. Sometimes you got to look really good. You got to have some nice polarized glasses and you got to look really good. Sometimes you can see them go by and you can throw the net on uh, if you're really good. I'm getting it, okay? Uh, I'm out of practice, though. But yeah, so basically what I'm saying is we would go to where they are, right? We would go to where they are. We would try to find where they were at so that we uh, would catch them. And then you get your chum going. You got someone doing the chum out there getting them gathered up. Someone else will be up there getting ready to throw the net. It goes a little something like this. This doesn't get caught in the microphone. And this is good. Right? And you see them wherever they're at, wherever they're gathered. Catch them. Woo! Go down. Not bad, right? I was worried about 10 minutes. Then it's waiting on there so that you can pull in. Some of you are like, this poor fish. Oh my gosh. Now I can imagine Peter. Or Simon, as he's also known, probably had a different method. I had a different net. This was a commercial fishing boat. This was his trade. This is what he did. This was his family business. So I imagine their net maybe looked a little different. Maybe not. I don't know. But as they gathered the fish, they had been going all night long and didn't catch a single thing. That's why they call it fishing and not catching, right? Because sometimes it's like that. You don't always catch stuff. And, 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 they're, and they're dropping the nets, nothing. They go to this other spot, nothing. All night long. And they come to the shore, and there's Jesus teaching. Jesus says, hey, hey man, can I borrow your boat real quick? Just, just for a second. Like, I'd be a little nervous, because you know you're particular about your stuff, right, Roger? Like, you know. But they said, all right, that's cool. Jesus wanted to just get up, because a large crowd had gathered. He just wanted to get up a little higher so that he could, he could speak to them. But they also did it so that he could call Peter. And he says, Peter, all right, this is what I want you to do. I want you to back the boat up a little bit and even water. I want you to throw out your net again. And he's like, 
listen, man, I appreciate this, right? But we, we've been, we are, we are exhausted. Right? I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to get some food. I'm kind of done with fishing. We can be here honestly. We didn't do any good. But I'll do it. Yeah, so I'll do it. it drops his net. And can you just picture that for a minute, man? Think about it. when you those of you that fish, when you catch, when you hook that one, right? And it's like, oh, this is it. This is the one you've been waiting for. It's like this is the this is why you go every week. This is the one, like, you know. And, and, and especially saltwater fishing, when you hook on and it starts screaming the drag, it's like, yeah, you know, it takes a jump out of the water. It's like, yes, this is amazing, right? Like, you get this, you have to fish to understand, but you get an adrenaline rush, right, Caesar? It's like, man, you get pumped up. I don't know why, but it just happened. And, and I, can, I can imagine these guys out here on this boat pulling in this net full. They said there's so much it killed two boats, right? I can imagine their excitement and how they were feeling. And it was so much so that Peter looked at Jesus and knew something was different about this man. Something is different. This is not just a normal man and falls at his feet in a moment of surrender that says, I'm not even, I'm not worthy. I'm a sinful man. There may be some of you here today, and you may be thinking, I, I don't know about all this church stuff. I, I've got a past. I, I've messed up so many times. I, I don't feel worthy to even come in. Yes, no, yes, you are. Jesus died for you. Jesus poured out his blood just for you. You are worthy. You are not a sum of your past, but you are everything that God is calling you to be. Jesus reaches to Peter. It's funny how he uses what Peter knew, what he was good at, what he did. It's funny that he uses that same thing to relate to him what his purpose is. He says, listen, you're no longer going to just catch fish. Now you're going to be a fisher of men. And that's what God does with us. Many of you in the room think, I'm not qualified. or I don't know what to say when I'm reaching out to someone. Just, just, just be you. That's all God wants to do. Just be you. So, so here's how we do this, right? Because my prayer for our church is that we either be uh, full of fish or full of fishermen or women. Okay? I, I want us to be full of either fish or fishermen and fishermen women. I, I want us to be full of those who are far away from God. Right? I don't want to be full of those who are saying yes. I want to reach the people around me. Yes, I want to be a missionary. Yeah, you're all missionaries. You may not go to Africa, right? But you got a backyard, you got a neighborhood, you got a school, young people, you got a job. There is a sphere of influence that all of us have. And we should be reaching those people in that. So we gotta drop our nets. We gotta go to where they are. Right? We gotta drop our So here's how we do that, right? First is we develop relationships, okay? When we develop relationships, we earn the right to speak into people's lives. Okay? But here's the problem for a lot of Christians. We get saved, and, and we don't want any part of our own way, so, so we come in and, 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 and we gather together with other Christians, and, which is what we should do. But if we're not careful, we can get caught up in a, a Christian bubble where it's just us four no more, right? We, 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 can, get, we can get wrapped up in just, in, in just our Christian world and... and, and Bear with me. I, I know there's a line. I'm not saying go out there. I'm not saying you got to go sit at the bar. And, and especially if God delivered you from that, that's probably not the best place for you to go and evangelize, right? right? 
I'm not, guys, this is not an excuse to go out to the strip club and start reaching people like that. Obviously, that's not going to work, right? You know what I'm saying? We can get wrapped up in our own Christian bubble to where we don't even know a single unchurched person, right? But there are people all around us. When you go to the store, if you go to the gym, this one time I was, I was working out, and it's been a while, right? It's been a while. I was working out. And I started talking to this guy. He's like, man, yeah, I, I, you know, just kind of caught up. And normally I'm pretty focused in the gym. And I'm like, I just want to work out and get out. But I started talking to this guy. And he started sharing some stuff he was going with. I was like, yeah, man, my, my wife's leaving. And we're about to get a divorce. It's breaking my heart. It's like, here we are. You know, buff, well, he was buff. I was you know, working on it. But <laughs> we were working out. I'm sweaty. And this guy just starts pouring out his heart, man. And I sat there and listened to him. A lot of building relationships with people is us sitting there and listening. Listening to their story. Listening to what they're going through. Walking a mile in their shoes. We cannot be so caught up in what we think that we become judgmental. Walk a mile in their shoes. Build relationships with people. And the longer that a person attends church, the few evangelistic conversations he engages in. It shouldn't be that way. We should be getting so stirred up. We should be getting so filled up and so passionate about the things of God because that's the heart of God. And we should be going out and reaching others for Him and do that by building and developing relationships. Let's develop a heart for the lost. Let's develop a heart for those who are hurting and in need. So instead of avoiding those neighbors that maybe you don't like very much, because you might just find that God calls you to the very people that you don't like. But instead of avoiding those neighbors, instead of never speaking to them, instead of never getting out, why don't you go and reach them for the Lord? And it can be as simple as just bringing them some cookies, mowing their yard, doing something for them. Or just stopping by and saying, hey, how you doing? It could be a door and an opportunity to come in and develop a relationship to eventually lead them to Christ. Because it's those very people for whom Christ died for <laughs> How about when you go out to the restaurants, instead of being a tight why don't you give a generous tip? Right? We, we've talked to, we go out often after church on Sunday, because we like to take people out and spend time with them. But we've been to restaurants, and then we've been told, hey, listen, we know, after church, we know this stuff, man, they're some of the worst tippers, our Christians, that's sad. Yeah, I don't want to be the one that makes Jesus look bad. Right? So maybe it's just being generous when you take. And then how about even better? How about taking a step further? Why don't you say hey to your waitress or your waiter? They're sitting there waiting on you, bringing you their food, that tent refill that you want, right? Just say hey. You know anything I can pray for you about? Think about that. Too many of us, again, there's that but. I don't pray out loud. Well, if you don't pray out loud, just or you don't pray in public. Anyway, that's another problem. I want to stop and pray and say, hey, is there anything? And just, just, you don't have to be elaborate with it. You don't have to be crazy and, 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 and say some deep theological prayer. Just pray for them. If they say, hey, yeah, man, I've been really struggling lately. Let's pray about it. Yeah, it, it really is more simple than what we make it. How about when we see a need, let's meet it. And when you, you see someone hurting, you see someone sick, uh, spend time and pray with them. 
You see someone is in need, meet that need, whatever that may be. Do you intentionally develop relationships in your life? Is it like one person that, that you know, man, I really need to reach out to you? God oftentimes will, will drop someone's name in my head, and I know, all right, I, I, they've been on my mind, they've been on my heart today, I need to text them, or I need to call them and just check in on them. Who is that one person? Maybe it needs to be every week, maybe you need to pray as you start your week and say, God, who is that one person that I need to reach out to this week? We've got to be going, like, we need to reach out. Come on, church, we need to rise up and reach out and be Jesus to the world. It's not meant for us just to hold it in. We like to come in. We like to get filled up. You're filled up so that you can pour it out when you go back out. Come on, let's not hold it in anymore. Rise up and reach out, church. If you've been Christian for a long time, chances are you don't know that many lost people. We have to be intentional about developing friendships with people who need God. You can't just surround yourself with your holy huddle, even though that's good. You should do that. But there's more. We need to reach out to others. For some of you, it's as easy as using what you have or just being who you are. Just like Peter. Jesus said, you're going to be now a fisher of men. Right? In fact, the very first way we see the gospel spread was by an unlikely candidate named Levi. Or many of you know him as Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. People hated Matthew. We don't like taxes, do we? Right? Many of you would have hated Matthew. He, he collected taxes from his own people for the Romans. Many people despised him. His own parents probably even despised him. And Jesus called him anyway. So if you're in the room and you think, I'm not qualified, yes, you are. You're breathing, right? Jesus loves you. And he calls us to spike of our past. Levi was this despised tax collector again. We know him as Matthew. And when he has the moment where everything changes, when he encounters Jesus and he begins to follow after him, it changed everything about him. Now Matthew, he wasn't some preacher. Okay? He wasn't a, a religious uh, a scholar. He wasn't in, in training for anything. Uh, he had never led a life group, never served in kids ministry or anything like that. He just, he just dropped what he was doing and he followed Jesus. But what was he good at, right? He was good at numbers. He was good at handling objections. And he could throw a party. He was rich. He knew how to throw down. So he invited the people that he knew. And he invited Jesus and the, and the disciples. And they gathered together for a party, right? So he's, he's got the grill going. He's flipping birds and dogs, right? Maybe he even invited the mommy smoke, right? Come on, Kevin. You need to get you some of mommy smoke if you haven't got some of his. his, his that was a little shameful plug for you, bro. I got you, man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so they got, you got the food going. It's all set up. Everything's decorated, looking nice. He's got the game on TV, right? The lightning. The lightning is playing right now, and he's got the lightning on, on TV, playing, watching some hockey. Right, he's got music going, he hired a band to come in and, and jam out, and, 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 and he got it set up, and he invites all the invitations around, he invites these people. Now, these are all, this is like a mixed bag of, of misfits, right? Much like what we see in this room here today. <laughs> all different back, all, all different people, and then you got Jesus. And the religious leaders didn't like it. 
And they say to Jesus and the disciples, they say, listen, why do you sit at the table with tax collectors and with sinners? Why do you spend time with these people? See, these were religious leaders. They were those were too gold and too precious to, to, to mingle with just mere people, right? And that was the problem. Is they, they, they saw it the wrong way. And, they, and, they see, and Jesus says this. He says this. Let's, let's go up to uh, Luke chapter 5 and, and 29. He tells them this. He says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Ooh, Jesus had some profound things that he would drop on these dudes. Not to the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And this is why Jesus hung out with sinners. This is why Jesus hung out with the tax collectors, because he was wanting to change their life. Matthew simply called all his buddies and invited them to a party where Jesus was. He brought them to where Jesus was. When you invite someone to church, you're not just inviting them to church. You are inviting them to Jesus. When you spend time building a relationship with someone, guess what? You are inviting them to the Jesus that is in you. Come on. Invite them to where Jesus is. Start with what you have. You have a boat? Invite someone out. Because sometimes you're not catching anything, so there's nothing to do. We're just kind of sit around and say, hey, how's it going? How's life been treating you? Uh, right there, boom. Well, let me tell you how I handle this situation, right? It's that, it's that easy. That easy. You got season tickets. Right now, that may not be a great thing for you because who knows what. <laughs> right now, nobody's going to any sports game. But in the future, when they do that, be a little bit. You have season tickets. Be generous. Invite them to develop a relationship. Can you cook? Man, you know who is broke and who loves to eat? Teenagers and college students. Right? So I want you to invite some young people over to your house. Here's the thing. This society and culture, they say a lot of negative things about millennials and Gen Zs, but I love them. You're watching online out there. We love you. If you're a millennial Gen Z, come hang out with us because we want to pour into you, invest in you, and love on you. There's too many people that are negative about the upcoming generations. I say that's garbage. If you're a Christian and you're negative about them, you are wrong. You are not being Jesus. But we love the next generation here. We're going to pour into them, we're going to invest in them, and we're going to love on them. Maybe you can do that by feeding them. So invite them, have a gathering, talk to Pastor Eric, and, 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 and have the, the youth come over to your house. They won't wreck it too bad, I promise. Right? Invite some young adults over. Or, or it doesn't have to be, it could just be, have a gathering. Invite some people over to your house and cook for them. And in the midst of your conversations, bring Jesus. Again, you're inviting them to the Jesus that is in you. Do you have extra time? Can you invest your... Uh, your time into some relationships, into people's life, the more uh, that you serve, the bigger difference that you can make in other people's lives. You can use who you are and what you have, just like Jesus did with Peter, with Matthew, and many of the other disciples. God can use you and use what you have to reach others. Develop relationships. The next way we can drop our nets and throw out our nets is, is we can discover their stories. So as we build relationships with people, we got to sit and we got to listen. Right? You don't always have to have advice. You don't always have to. But sit and listen. Listen to their story. Uh, 60 Minutes years ago did a piece on Tom Brady. 
who used to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots, and he's now a Buccaneer. Come on. Some of you are like, I don't care. It's time. Raise the flag. Anyway. Um, since you guys did a piece on Tom Brady, the quarterback from the New England Patriots years ago, he had already won three Super Bowl rings, and at that time, held the NFL record for most touchdown passes in a season. And here's what he said in this interview on national television. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I thank God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. The reporter asked him if he had any answers and Brady's response was, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I love playing football and I love being quarterback, but at the same time, I think there are a lot of other parts about me I'm still trying to find. Isn't that all of our stories? We're all still trying to, we are all on a journey, right? And that's one of our core values here at this church, is that we're all on a journey of finding our purpose. And we want to come alongside you and help you do that here. But many people are this way. They're, they're trying to figure it out, but they're, they're figuring it out on their own. And they don't know where the answer is. They don't know where to really look. We have that answer. We know the one that has our purpose. His name is Jesus. We have to sit with and listen to people's story. John told a powerful story about a woman who had experienced a lot of hurts in her life. She went from failed relationship to failed relationship, divorce. Affairs, even. She had a lot of these parts in her life, and when she met, uh, when she met up with Jesus, she met him up at this well. Many of you know this story. And in this moment, Jesus spends time with her. When many wouldn't have, many of her own people wouldn't have. But here's the deal: she was a Samaritan, and Jesus was a Jew, and those two people groups didn't like each other. So that was one strike, and he probably shouldn't be spending time with her. And she was a woman, and and the culture was just different back then. Not only was she a woman, she was a woman with a reputation. And here, Jesus is a man along with her, and she's a Samaritan. But Jesus didn't make excuses. He sat there and he listened to her, and he poured into her life. You can do the same thing for people. As you look around, you're going to see people every day who need the grace and the love and the mercy of God. People who are lost, people who are hurting, people who are going. Young people, you're going to see people in your classes. You get ready to start school. You're going to or on your Zoom call, whatever that looks like for you guys today. But you're going to see people in your class who are hurting and they need some help. You can be Jesus to them. You're going to go to the gym and you might see someone who's discouraged and need hope. You can be Jesus to them. You can uh, see someone maybe at work who is going down a path and, and, and a road that, that, that is not good for them. And you can be Jesus to them. Remember, man, all it takes is one invitation. One moment could be a moment that changes everything in their life. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus in you is what people need to see. And if, if, if God can change your life, He can change anybody's life. And as you listen to their stories, as you spend time listening to what they're going through, you can begin to speak and share your own story in that moment of what God has done in your life, right? So, hey, here's how I was living before I met Jesus. This was what was going on in me. And for many of you, you're going to really relate if it's a similar story. 
Like, hey, this is, this is, this is how uh, I was living. This is what I was going through before I met Christ. You don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to have three points that all start with the letter P. Right? You, you don't have to do any of that stuff. Just simply share your story. This is how I was living. This is what happened when Jesus came in. When we had that intersection, this is how Jesus changed my life. This is how I'm living now. And this is what can help you in your life. And then look what happens to this woman, right? So Jesus... At this moment, he's hearing her story. He already knew her story. In fact, he revealed her story to her. And she's like, oh my gosh, who? She, again, like Peter, this guy's different. Who are you? And, and she comes to a moment of salvation. She comes to that pivotal moment that we all face in life where we change and where we follow him. And look what she does. She says, I'm going to tell everybody. Right? In John chapter 4, verse 28, then leaving the, the water jar up there because she had come to get water, but she got living water. The woman went back to town and said to everybody, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of town and made their way toward him. This one chance encounter that she had with Jesus, this moment where, where she finally gave up on her past and laid that all down, this moment where she gave her life to Christ, it changed everything. And then look at the trajectory of her life. She goes and tells everybody in town, and they come now. That's what it's supposed to look like for us. That's what it's supposed to look like for the church. When we go out, we reach people, we bring them to Jesus, bring them to Jesus here, bring them to the Jesus that is in you. She didn't memorize the script. She didn't preach a sermon. She didn't lead anyone in prayer. She went and told her story. And that's what we're supposed to do as well. Worship team, you guys can come up. So we drop our net by developing relationships, by discovering other people's story, and lastly, discerning next steps. So that's great. Spend time building a relationship with someone. That's great. You, you spend time listening to them. What do you do with that? What's the next step? How do you transition that to now encouraging them to follow Christ? Most conversations have that fork in the road where you have an opportunity to go deeper. You're going to have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't feel like you, 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 many of us were like, I don't know what to do next. Well, listen to the Holy Spirit, right? Listen to what Jesus said to the early church in Acts chapter 1 8. He said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is so that we are witnesses to the rest of the world. Not just to speak in tongues, that's the physical evidence. Not just to feel the goosebumps. Not just so that we can have the power to. Remove sin in our life, right? The power to reach the world. Around. The Holy Spirit will give you boldness. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. I, I quoted Pastor Bill Hybels earlier. There's another great quote from me. He says, my objective is to walk when he prompts me to walk. To talk when he says to talk. To fall silent when I'm at risk of saying too much. And to stay put when he leads me to stay put. One of the best next steps that we can get is just an invitation to church. Many people, whether we think it or not, many people are just an invitation away from coming to church. You can ask, you can ask a lot of people, you can do, read the research that's out there. Many people say, I haven't gone to church because I've never been asked. And that's a sad reality. I, 
know we think we live in the Bible now, but 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 just society has transitioned. We are in a post-Christian world today. Ask them. Spend time with them. New relationships. You know, how are you gonna do it? How are you gonna transition? What's your next step to be that that easiest thing to do? And the best next step is to say, I want you to come to church. I'll save you a seat. I'll meet you in the parking lot when you get here. We'll walk in together. I'll introduce you to some of my friends. I'll sit with you help ease that tension for them. Sometimes the next step is to just simply share your story and speak up about the faith that you have in Christ. And I know it can be intimidating. Because what if they ask you questions that you don't have the answer? You don't have to have all the answers. But maybe, just maybe, we're at a critical time in the world that maybe we ourselves need to go deeper in, in what we know. I'm not talking about the Sunday story. I'm talking about even deeper than that. Because here's the deal. We live in a post-Christian world. If you come at them and say, hey, you should believe in God because the Bible tells you so, many of them are say, I don't believe in that. So you have to know why you believe what you believe. So maybe for some of us, we need to go deeper in our own walk with Christ. But they need to see us walking and walking. They don't need to see us arguing on Facebook. They need to see what we are for and not just what we are against. Come on, church, let's rise up. Let's rise up. I got, I got one more video I'm going to show you. Because here's what we, we need to learn to be a traitor. Not a traitor, but a traitor. Peter was a traitor. Peter dropped his nets. He dropped his livelihood. He dropped what he knew his whole entire life, and he followed after Jesus. Matthew dropped a very well-paying job to follow Jesus. Many of the disciples dropped everything to follow Jesus. We need to learn to be traitors. We need to learn to trade what we think we know. We need to trade our excuses, our opinions, You and I might spend about 70 to 80 years on this earth. Not long when you consider the timeline of eternity. Have you ever wondered what life is all about? Every day we get bombarded with the message to pursue the things of this world. Make money, get stuff, be comfortable, live well. More, 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 and me, me, me. That's the prevailing message of our day. Our generation has a hijacked version of the American dream. But as Christians, we know deep down this distorted view of life isn't real life. We read what the Bible teaches and we see how Jesus lived. Every day we face a choice to pursue the me, me, me mindset of the American dream or to pursue Christ. What if this generation was willing to trade in the pursuit of the American dream for a world that desperately needs Christ to be traitors? A trader is a new kind of missionary, not defined by geography. Where you live doesn't make you a missionary. The mission you're on makes you a missionary. Being a trader is a movement that requires us to live out our faith, not just talk about it. As a trader, we must choose daily to sacrifice and be intentional with our time, money, and skills. We can be like the Good Samaritan in the parable. When we're on the road of life and see someone in need, we choose to help. We follow Jesus' instructions to go and do likewise. A trader must hate injustice and find specific ways to bring the hope found in Jesus to desperate situations. It's easy to identify what you hate. 
What makes your heart break and your fists clench? A trader sees work as worship. Everything you do in life, including your job, can be an opportunity to worship the God who created you. Because God is glorified when we use our God-given passions and skills with excellence. And finally, a trader must act swiftly because the time is right now. The result of all this would be a generation of traders who are making choices with their time, money, and passions that are kingdom-focused and not self-focused so that our short time here can have an eternal impact. What do you need to trade? What do you need to lay down so that we can reach this world for Jesus? This world that so desperately needs it today. What do you need to lay down? What do you need to trade? What do you need to give up? Peter, you dropped his net and he followed after Jesus. What do you need to lay down today? Are the steps that you're taking steps of purpose? Are they steps that are impacting people's lives for Jesus? God took a walk across the universe when he became a man. And in doing so, he stretched out his arms to sinful people just like you and just like me. And he took the ultimate walk to the cross for you and for me. Why would we hold on to that? Why would the gospel is the good news, right? Why would we hold on to this world needs some good news? Come on. It's time to share. It's time to reach out. The harvest is it is ready. It's not a time to get lazy. It's not a time to shrink back. It's not a time to fear. It's a time to rise up, church. Can you rise up with me, church? Come on. Do we rise up and reach the world around us? Can we Jesus to others? Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.